Four single girls were brunching in Manhattan one morning, after one of them had been dumped on Instagram. Except they weren't all girls, they weren't all single, and they were eating leftover potatoes in a Brooklyn apartment. Two were single, one was in a few relationships, and one was going steady with someone. Three were non-binary, and one was a woman. Those that listen to NPR, and those that lie about it. Those that ghost, and those that text back. Two lived in Bushwick, and two lived in Red Hook. We were desperately trying to decode my latest breakup. I'd met him one day after my shift at a clothing shop in Greenwich, and we went from bar to bar and he paid for us to get into some classic downtown gay party playing Britney and Ariana. We made out to No Tears Left to Cry, and that was that. His name was Alex. He broke up with me over a DM. Oh, hon, that's awful. Honestly, Byron, honey, that's just his MO. He ain't shit. Byron, you should block him. Just get it out of your system. It doesn't really matter what you do. You should just, like... Like all of his Instagram photos despite him. There are endless types of gays, but we represented four of the most prominent archetypes. Alana was our resident party girl. This bald guy at House of Yes gave me LSD last night off of his tongue. She loved to find the hottest guy at the party, or girl. She had started transitioning a few months ago while starting her own dog walking business and modeling on the side. Alana uses she, her pronouns. Alf was our domestic gay. I just finished watching the new Great British Bake Off last night. They were seeing this one girl fairly regularly, but enjoyed staying in. They worked in homeless outreach and were always at some rally or another. Sometimes I walk dogs with Alana. Alf uses she or they, depending on the mood or audience. Mars was our workaholic gay. I literally went home last night to Thorne and fell asleep while he tried to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Z worked in PR, a lot. A polyamorous, sexy career boy with a pop star demeanor. Z was seeing a guy, Thorne, for six months hot and heavy. Z was also my roommate in Red Hook. Mars uses Z here here's pronouns. I was our art hoe, newly single, Byron. I hid my last name religiously. I use they them. Alex just yammed me and said it was over. Over. I don't know. I mean, it's not like I didn't see it coming or anything, but we were dating or whatever for like five months. I don't know. We'll see. I suddenly felt the need to just take my time. Get comfy in my Harry Styles sweatshirt, eat some ice cream, and then cry. We'll see. I said it with as much optimism as I could muster, but there was little. I felt like somehow this might be it. What if I was now single for the rest of my life, alone, again? Forced to wonder what would have happened if I had stayed with Alex, the hottest fuck long-distance ex. I worried it was my fault, or his fault. I wasn't sure what was worse. Mars, also being my roommate, stayed behind to help me do the dishes. You okay, BB? Z said it so innocently. What if I'm alone forever? So what if you are? (laughs) It's easier for you. You have Thorn. I have... I don't know who I have. You have me, BB. Yes, and I'm so grateful, and it's... It's just different. I don't know. It's like broccoli and cupcakes. Sometimes I want a cupcake, you know? But I know I have you. Did I? As I drank an inordinate amount of espresso, I tried to get my head on straight. What the fuck was I afraid of? What did being single really mean? Especially in 2019, when everything was horribly, predictably horrifying. I needed a fix, a rush of romantic energy, a reminder that someone else could see me the way that I wanted to be seen, felt, heard. 
Love was such a foreign concept. At the Pret by the Strand, I opened Tinder. Defeated, bitter, swiping. My coffee was lukewarm now, and then given up trying to read Ursula K. Le Guin. I needed something, someone, some validation. My therapist and I had been talking about how my time in conversion therapy had left me wanting more validation than perhaps healthy. Here I was at my most raw. Happy Birthday Johnny by St. Vincent was playing. I stopped swiping. (sighs) I closed my phone and slumped over the table. This was what I was going to do on my one day off? Why? I had to go to a book launch. I got myself up and walked out of the Pret and onto the L. When I arrived at the book launch, it was buzzing with people. Alana was busy with dog walking, Alf had a date, and Mars was off with her boyfriend. I was singly alone in a room full of alt-lit couples. I knew I was supposed to be taking every moment in, living in the present and admiring the wonder of it all, but I mostly watched as couples argued, joked, or attempted to prove their worth by arguing over Dostoevsky and how out-of-step Bon Iver was, or whether or not Kanye was in or out of season. The open bar was the only plus. As I wandered over to get a glass of red wine, another 20-something with an over-exasperated sense of pride pulled up to me. Bourbon. Red, please. What do you think of the book? Um, I'm not sure. I haven't read it. I just know one of the other readers here tonight. I barely got on the guest list. Me too. I had to beg for an invite. I'm not really sure why. Some people would call that ungrateful. I'm Byron. I'm Harry. And what do you do? Are you a writer? I'm a software developer. Oh, I dated a guy who did that before. Oh yeah? Where did he work? <laughs> um, I'm not sure, but he could afford to get us cows from the Met to his apartment in Midtown, and that was all I needed to know. So you're a gold digger? I prefer refinancier. I couldn't tell whether or not he was flirting. Had I lost my charisma? Had Alex robbed me of my dating joy to vive? Cute. <laughs> what are you doing Wednesday? I asked him quickly, like if I didn't say it soon, I would never say it at all. Not too much. Why? He smirked. The kind you were afraid of. Alana, of town in Tudor City, was walking an adorable Shinu Inu. She was walking her usual route, thinking about how she needed to go see her therapist, do laundry, work out, go to Midtown to walk another dog, when suddenly, she rounded a corner and there was Derek. Derek was her first real boyfriend in New York, a Long Islander by birth and at heart. He'd never known how to get from Manhattan to Queens and thought if you weren't paying more than a thousand dollars in rent, you were living in an unsafe neighborhood. They'd fought like hell and then Alana found out who was cheating on her. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Alana! He said it like a cool breeze on a summer day. Rough, coarse, awful. Hi, Derek. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm just in town to see this opera. But how are you? How you been? I'm good. I'm there. Um, I'm trying to start a new dog walking company. It's, uh, you know, it's working out pretty well. Uh, working on starting hormones. You know, dysphoria is a motherfucker, and <laughs> yeah. I really am looking forward to having my testicles removed. Oh, that that's awesome! Uh, uh, anyway, it was nice to see you, but I gotta run. I have to go see this opera with Brett, my fiancé. Hmm, is he a twink? <laughs> yeah, the twinkiest. Twinkle twinkle, bitch. <laughs> uh, Alana walked off slowly. Fuck you too, Derek. She knew she didn't need anyone special. She shared Cher's philosophy. She didn't need men. They were like dessert. Although, it'd been a minute since she'd had any really good dessert. Mars was digging her teeth into a shrimp burrito sitting across from Thorne in Midtown. God, I hate Midtown. Thorne was a 29-year-old artist with multiple books and art exhibitions under his belt. He was the antidote to early 20-something malaise. They'd been dating for six months and had recently opened up their relationship. Mars had grown up in the trans scene of Portland, 
an incestuous, exciting, polyamorous wonderland of gentrification where metal bars host lesbian dance parties and strip clubs serve vegan food. Here, in New York, open relationships had a different tenure. They were awkward little limping things for traveling artist gays on Grindr, and straight couples that thought disco nights were for swingers, and not Gloria Gaynor gays. Fucking hate Midtown too, boob. What's the best thing to do when I'm feeling down? Oh, uh, eat ice cream or scream. I should scream. Yeah. Um, we can go to Blue Note on Friday if you want. Let's do that. That sounds good. So, I was thinking yesterday, mm-hmm. um, I think I want to ask out this girl, Maya. I met her through Byron. Um, they introduced me to her at you this... You should do it. Yeah. Dude, yeah. As, like, a date, though? Yeah. So, you still want to do David's Warner on Saturday, right? Sure, but, like, how do you feel about me dating someone else? I mean, we talked about it briefly, but... No, it's it's cool. You know, we've, we've talked about it, so, um... What about Saturday, though? Alf was walking in the cold in Chinatown. It was freezing, a late last-minute snow. A date at Copidion. Alf had met Jane at a rally against the Amazon headquarters moving into Long Island City, and the two had gone out for gin and tonics and discussed the PBS show about Jane Tennyson. Alf ordered honeycomb cake and Jane just got tea. Jane was stirring her tea absentmindedly when suddenly... Are you seeing anyone else? No, not now. But I'm not opposed to it. I know we're only just starting to date. Okay. I know I'm kind of forward. Me too. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just... I had a shitty day at work and I'm just feeling sort of like abrupt. Alf liked things to be decisive. To make sense. To be able to break things down and then patch them back up again. Do you want to go to my apartment and watch some Netflix? Jane said it as she traced her tea with her fingers. Delicate, calm. Alf felt a pull. The puzzle clicking together. Two homebodies thrown out on a couch drinking cups and cups of tea in the Great British Breaking Show. Yeah, I do. Later that night, we walked up to the house of yes. Alana was less than petrified, while I was quaking. I didn't want to be here, did I? But it was too late. I'd be here with all the gays if I needed to be. Alf was adjusting their Bart Simpson sweater, and Mars was putting on black lipstick. I tugged at my Harry Styles sweatshirt and walked in, praying Charlie would be playing. Was that terrible? The music was pounding. It wasn't just one thing or another, it was everything. Always unending. I was humming Lonesome Love in the bathroom when Mars walked in. Oh my god, Maya's here. Lee said it like a warning, but more for herself than for me. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Should I go for it? Do you want to? Kind of. I mean, Thorne said go for it, and he's at his apartment tonight. Do it, B. Okay. Do it. Okay, I am gonna do it. Do it, do it. Alana walked in, a true glamour girl moment. Do what, babe? I'm gonna ask out Maya tonight. Oh my god, is that that hot, hot girl from the show? Yes, you gotta do it, Mars. Mars started nodding his Z back out of the room, hitting one or two party goers. Bitch, why are you trying to meet a man? Alf walked in, saving me from having to have another existentialist breakdown. I think I'm gonna go find Jane. We were gonna crash tonight. Ugh, you guys are such homebodies. I prefer to think of myself as half and half. Maybe that's a wet blanket. I went home. I didn't call a lift. I slowly climbed the stairs down to the subway, where before I had kissed a man or two, and waited listening to Mitski for the train to crackle down the long, oblique corridor like some old movie. No one by my side. 
Alf had gone the other way and their train had come much earlier. I checked to see if Alex had texted me. No. I realized I should be more worried if my new guy Harry had confirmed what I was hoping was a date on Wednesday. Nothing. Back in the club, Maya and Mars were up against a wall, dancing, hot and heavy. I want... yeah. Maya was a hot, hot, up-and-coming comedian, with a knack for being in the right place at the right time, and a knack for taking the cutest Polaroids around. She was wearing jean overalls and had two space buns, with a bralette leaving little to Mars' imagination. I've been following you on Instagram for so long. I'm glad we're friends now. I'm a friend first? How do friends dance? Not like this, I guess. Do you have an early morning? They went back to Maya's place, a potpourri of potted plants, macrame, and even a pink light bulb stolen from some cafe on the Lower East Side. Marge later told me it was like being in a John Waters movie. Delicious, overtly dirty, and pink. Under the BQE on 4th Ave, Alf was kissing Jane before Jane went into work, to work a brunch shift at a cute new spot serving pies named after celebrities. It was a cold Sunday morning. The kiss went on and on, and Alf felt Jane pulled back. How long was too long? I didn't know you were having such a good time. Of course I am. I like you. I wouldn't make you late to work if I wasn't having a good time. It's pretty soon to be hanging out all the time. I'm not trying to U-Haul you. It makes me think you aren't seeing anyone else. I'm not right now. I mean, I'm polyamorous most of the time, but sometimes I don't know. It's just, it's not a big thing right now. Do you feel like I'm pressuring you? No, just checking in. I I thought... While Jane and Alf were subtly filling out non-monogamy, Alf started to wonder, what do they want anyway? A cute cookie-cutter bacon girl? Why was there anything wrong with wanting that? I don't know, Jane. I want this now. I don't know what I'll want in the future. I know that's not helpful. I get that. But I'm a certainty kind of girl. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. My ex wanted to have an open relationship and we broke up. Yeah, I get it. I have to go to work. Yeah, yeah, I'll, sorry, I'll talk to you later. Al felt chilly, like she was bringing up ghosts for Jane. And speaking of ghosts, Alana had confronted her own, but she wanted more. She had arranged to meet Derek one last time. They met at the mat. They were on the steps when suddenly a crowd formed around someone doing tricks. Derek. She said it serious, like something was changing, for her, for him. Yes? Why wasn't it me? Oh. <laughs> uh. What, what do you mean? Why wasn't it me that got the house? And the dog? Alana hated it. She hated him, but even more, she wondered why he was the one who had got the last laugh. The house, the twink, the dog. She'd been the twink, she'd had the dog, but never the house. I don't know what I want, but it just seemed like... Why wasn't it me? You worshipped me. I don't... I don't know, Alana. That's not an answer. Look, I just... I was it when I found out I was paused? Was it when I came out? What was it? I defended you to my friends. They didn't like you. I didn't talk about you to them so that I could hold on to you. Why did it not work out? Ugh, I don't... It was too much. Like, it wasn't one thing or another thing. Like, it was... You know, you're hot, you're fun, I like you, but I don't know. It just felt like too much. Mm. Alright, well, you're the one that chose to be with me. You're the one who came all the way from Long Island to get your dick wet. (sighs) Yeah, sure. Alana looked at him. She wasn't sure if she felt pity or disgust or something else. (sighs) Goodbye, Derek. I'd really wish you the best. And she turned and walked like something free down the stairs of the Met. People parting before her, the street wild with traffic. 
In the streets of the Lower East Side, I quietly remembered that now I'd been in New York for a year and a half. I had seen over 30 men by now at some point or another. Still me, still wondering, still waiting. I was finally on my way to my date with Harry. The love I'd felt from Alex felt like a brutal bad dream. It had felt special. Enough I was going to open a door, a real door, for this mysterious new Harry, or I have to close one on Alex. I wasn't sure if we were going on a date, but... I arrived at the diner. We weren't far from the bar I first met Alex at. I hated myself for comparing the two, but I was early, and I didn't want to appear over-eager by looking at the menu. From an earlier peek online, it seemed to be full of goodies, mostly. I wished I had eaten a full dinner. I suddenly felt like a nervous teenager, never quite organized enough to understand how the world works or where to put my coat. I held it in my hands. He came in after I fretted for four minutes. He looked like a hipper Wall Street boy. Polished in black dress pants, a black blazer, and a black undershirt. Maybe he was Johnny Cash. I instinctively looked down at my blue sweater, Nike shoes, and fading jeans. I didn't look non-binary, or I didn't feel like I looked like whatever I thought that should mean, or quite put together, even. I felt off, like I was faking normalcy. He came over and put his hand on my shoulder. How's it going? He took his hand down and smiled. His hair was ruffled like a bunch of crisp bottom leaves. I wanted to kiss him while sitting on my toes, but he was slightly, slightly shorter than me. He got us a table. Are you hungry? I bet, yeah. I can order if you want. I know this place. Sure. He somehow got us in a way that was indeed a full meal. The last thing I wanted was to be in love again, right? So how was your day? Did some coding, worked on some plans, got some soup at this good bodega. Let's see. Not so much. What about you? We went on doing the pleasantries for a while, and it was nice. He asked questions back. He showed an interest, followed up, and then it came up. So you're young. You're with it. Have you been involved with someone since you moved to New York? Have I been involved? I mean, you're cute. Have you been dating? I have. I mean, I've seen some people, but not not in a while. Ah. Have you? Not in a while, but I could be. We walked out on the street after dinner. It was a clear full moon. The street was mostly empty, besides a few drunks. Do you want to come over? Hook, line, and sinker. I could pull the bait up and decide. I do, but... Can I take a rain check? It's not raining. Later, as we were on the street, I turned to him. I want to kiss you right now, but I'm not sure. What can I do to make you sure? Tell me you'll cook me dinner. What if I want you to cook me dinner? That can be arranged. I can't tell if you're a good cook. We kissed. I turned to go. I only looked back once. Sometimes when I'm with someone, I feel on top of the world, elated by the idea of just being wanted, that it is enough to feel strong, weightless, and chosen. But then, in the inevitable come down, which always happens, I remember I'm not chosen. I worry I am not his first choice. When I break it off with casual dating guys, it's because I don't feel special to them. And that is terrifying. Because I have to pick myself first anyway, in spite of him. And then the one time a guy picks me, he turns on me in a matter of months. And I feel like I fucked up. Like I was the one in the wrong, even when he DMs me passive-aggressive things. My phone wasn't blowing up from the guys who liked me, or from Instagram likes. Sometimes I made a vain attempt at those things but I'm not the hottest girl in the room all the time. I'm somehow more Carrie than Carrie and still so vulnerable to all the neuroses and insecurities she had. 
The things that scared her. Money, love, friendship, loneliness. Wanting to be cool, to be liked. What does it mean to be alone? Can we survive that? I'm not on anyone's mind at the moment. I'm so free. I'm so alone. My friends are all out of town and my parents are busy backing up my childhood home. And I've not discovered how to enjoy the company of others romantically. I leave no traces of myself in all these bedrooms, even if they leave their mark on me. They leave their mark on me. Non-binary Carrie Bradshaw, Episode 1, The One, starring Joshua Byron as Byron, Alana Ruiz as Alana, Anna Feldman as Alf, Murkrow as Mars, Taylor Beals as Harry, Alfredo Franco as Thorne, Alec Lampaki as Jane, Sam Campbell as Maya, and Cosimo Pori as Derek. The non-binary Carrie Bradshaw was created and written by Joshua Byron, Alana Ruiz, Anna Feldman, and Murkrow. Directed by Joshua Byron. Produced by Joshua Byron and Adam Cecil. Editing and sound design by Adam Cecil. Logo by Emily Tatt. Featuring Cubicle Get Down and Quarter Life Crisis by Johnny Darlin. Listen to more at johnnydarlin.bandcamp.com. Find out more about this show at nonbinarycarriebradshaw.com. If you like the non-binary Carrie Bradshaw, please share it with your friends, your polycule, your lover, your ex, your dog, anyone you can think of, IRL or on social media. This show is a labor of love, and we really appreciate your support. Thank you.